Hello, and welcome back to the Holistic Women's Health Podcast. On today's episode, I have Annabelle Olman. Annabelle is the co-founder and director of The Healing Company. Prior to founding The Healing Company, Annabelle started her career as a model, and in facing immense pressure to fit a certain aesthetic, she began suffering deeply from stress-induced chronic migraines. She found relief from Eastern medicine, which ultimately led her to become a certified nutritionist and found a functional mushroom company. And when you got introduced into the wellness field, were you all in or were you a little bit skeptical at first or what did that look like for your journey? I think I was definitely skeptical because my mom is a pharmacist. (laughs) So I was always used to having pharmaceuticals at home, always. Like every issue that we had was dealt with a pharmaceutical. And so that's how I grew up. So learning about alternative ways obviously made me a little bit like, oh, does it really work? And because it didn't have like the instant effect that people to like want and are used to, right? And so it doesn't have like this direct response. It's more like a long-term thing that you have to stick to in order to see the first benefits. And so, yeah, I was definitely stigmatizing it at first. Um, and I was judging it in many ways, but learning more about it, meeting the right people along the way that were able to um, educate me in that space. And so I could gain more knowledge and then trying it myself and really making like sticking to the new product I was using, for example, CBD, and then seeing the effects it had in the long term was something for me that ex- that just flashed me. So I was extremely excited about it. And from that moment in time, I was just like, I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that event or that person to show you these different modalities and then finding, yeah, your own journey and your own pace, how you get into these products, which products and all that. So yeah, it's, it's extremely fascinating. And since you have the company, how are you dealing with the everyday stress? Are you still doing the mushrooms, the CBD? Are you doing breath work? What other tools are you using as a busy entrepreneur? Um, so for me, really key is my mornings. Uh, they're like everything to me. They're holy. Uh, and I really prioritize and I carve out time for my physical and mental well-being in the mornings. So every morning I basically, I wake up, I do my, my breath work and that might be just five minutes, 10 minutes and can go up to 30 minutes if I have the time to do it. And then I always have like a short meditation uh, and yoga practice. Um, also, again, really depending on my time in the mornings, but I try to do it really regularly wherever I am in the world because it really reduces my stress and it makes me feel grounded. And that is for me, like when I start my day that way, I know that anything can hit me in the day and I'll be okay and I can deal with it. If I leave it out and I feel it instantly, if I leave out my morning routine, then I am extremely nervous. I get anxious as well. And I'm not able to really deal with the stressors of today's world. And so my breathwork meditation um, and yoga is really, really key for me. And yeah, I used to use an app, but now I got into like a routine that I I just do it. Whatever feels like. Take some mornings, I need more like active yoga and more like a flow. And then I do that. Some mornings I literally just need some stretching or some breathing and like breathing back into my body and um, setting my intentions for the day. And so it really depends on my mood in the morning. And I learn to listen to myself 
what I need because I used to be like someone who gets, or in general, I'm someone who gets quite obsessive with something. And so the first time I started running, I went running every day, seven kilometers until I broke my heel. Like I got so like, I get like this bad obsession where it's not good for me. And so with, and now I've really learned through yoga and meditation and breath work that every morning and every day you might need something different and really listening to that need and breathing into your body. Like, where does it hurt? Whereas like, where does it require some more attention? I think that's really, really key. And that has helped me a lot, but yeah, I still, I still go for a run. I love that. It's like, for me, it's also a kind of meditation. I just needed to to get out, get some fresh air. It's really important for me in the mornings. Uh, and if I don't go for a run, I at least go around the corner to my favorite coffee shop and get a coffee. Because for me, the first thing in the morning is like just to get out and breathe the fresh air um, is really important for me. Um, and then I try to do a squeeze in some workout as well um, because it really releases um, stress for me. And also it's something that brings me a lot of joy. Um, for example, boxing, I absolutely love boxing. Um, and I'm just so energized after. So yeah, there are a lot of like small things that I implement throughout the day that, um, that help me and yeah, that I love doing. As someone who, like you said, can get obsessive and especially having a company, I feel like it does help to have that trait. But then typically with that is also that go, 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 drive. Everything's moving so quickly. What lessons did you learn through breathwork and meditation to slow down if that's your personality of just go, 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 obsessive, running a business? Well, to be honest, I just, I can really see it and feel it in my body. Uh, I always thought that eating extremely healthy, working out as much as you can would obviously make me look really strong and in shape and defined. And I would be really happy and healthy. But I learned through like having all these elements from my life with the stress causing my migraines and anxiety, being obsessed about walk, running um, caused me to break my heel, which the doctor even says like, what did you do? He's never seen something like that in his life that someone who goes jogging breaks their heel. But it was because my bones were just not used to what I was doing. Um, I got obsessed about losing weight. So I didn't eat anymore properly. I didn't have the micronutrients and macronutrients necessary for my body to function properly. So I lost my period for one and a half years. And all these things added up. And even though I thought I was doing good, I obviously didn't do good. And my body wasn't meant for that. And so now I really learned to, the more I listen to myself and my needs. And the more I am really aware and conscious of what my body needs that day, I feel so much better. Like my skin is better. My overall health is better. My digestion is better. My sleep is so much better. Um, I am, I can lose weight so much better if I want to. Like all of these th things are like, they really factor into my overall well-being. Um, and so yeah, I think that is my biggest learning is that just slowing down sometimes can be so much more beneficial than trying to get it all done and in and do everything you can do just because you feel like that's that's the best outcome. That was a big lesson that I learned also is that slowing down or sitting quiet in a meditation can be just as beneficial as being super productive and being on the go. And that's an important life lesson that I feel 100%. like... Yes. And 
now that you have balanced everything and you found balance between that intensity and the slowing down, do you feel like you're at peace now or do you still feel like there's more to do and more work to be done there? There is definitely more work to be done. I think I think no one of us, of us is ever perfect in, in that way because obviously we have our mind and our mind is constantly chattering and telling us something and it's so hard to sit in quiet sometimes. So I never want to stop learning more about myself and all these like healing modalities that are out there that can support my health. Um, so for me, it's definitely like every morning I sit down and try to have an even better meditation. And some days it just doesn't work at all. Some days it's really good. And so it just requires so much practice um, and so much patience and everything. And so even today, I'm still sometimes getting obsessive or anxious about things. And so catching myself while I'm doing that again, and then going outside for a walk or doing some breath work or just like shutting the computer off and like trying to figure out why I am feeling the way I am in that moment of time is something that I'm still learning and I still need to do quite a bit. But like the more consistent you get with it, the better you're able to catch you yourself at that moment and shift the other way and turn the wheel. Yeah. When you say that you're catching yourself when you're in that mindset, did it take you a long time to get to that point to realize when you start to go down that spiral and realize, okay, what I need to do to get out of this is go for a walk. How did you, how was your journey with that? How did you find what works and to catch yourself, but not be hard on yourself? Well, also that is something that I'm still working on. Sometimes I don't catch myself. And then my partner is like shaking me and it is like, Bella, why are you reacting the way you are right now? And he's making me think about it. So I'm still sometimes struggling. Um, I'm definitely not at the point yet where I can say that every time I, I, I drift off, I'm able to like turn the wheel and, and shift into the other uh, mindset. But I think that through my yoga teacher training in India, through constantly meditating and doing my yoga, where it's all about like calming your mind and being present in that moment has helped me a lot to be aware of how I feel in certain moments and what to do in order to get out of it. Um, And like I've said, it's like, I'm not able to do it all the time, but my awareness and my consciousness towards myself has definitely grown over time. And with your morning routine, so you mentioned the breath work, meditation, yoga, getting outside. What does your night routine look like? So my night routine, it's very uh, unstructured, I would say. My mornings are always like very holy. I know exactly. I wake up, I do my hot water with lemon, do my breath work, meditation, go for a run. My mornings are always pretty set. My evenings, like not always the same because I travel quite a lot. So sometimes I go to bed really early. Sometimes I go to bed really late. I go out for dinners a lot because I rarely have something in my fridge because I travel so much. And so I would say my key nighttime ritual is really to wind down, um, is that I sometimes take a bath um, to really calm down. But what I really love doing is going to bed and reading um, because with everything sometimes happening throughout the day, I feel like my mind gets a little crazy and my thoughts. Um, And so as soon as I'm in bed um, and I open my book, I'm like present at that moment on that page. And so it really helps me to wind down. And 
Also, what I do is I always leave my phone outside of the room uh, and I tend to keep it on airplane mode just to really avoid any blue light exposure that can interfere with my sleep um, because also sleep is like so, so, so important. And that is also one thing that where I can really see a shift in my health if I don't have enough sleep, like my mood shifts my digestion gets really bad if I don't sleep enough. Um, I get much quicker like joint pains from like working out if I don't sleep enough. So for me, like having a really restful sleep is really important. And I also track it. Like I have my Garmin, I track every night and I wake up in the mornings and I see, okay, why didn't I sleep well this night? Like, what did I do last night? Did I drink alcohol? Did I have, did I eat past 8 PM? Did I have my phone in bed with like blue light exposure? Um, all these kind of different things. And I, I track it and try to see, okay, what do I have to do to have the best night's sleep? Is there any other tech or any other modalities that you're excited to bring into your life at the moment? Um, well, I just started with the glucose monitor. So, um, that is really interesting for me. I have been tracking now for nearly two weeks, how my body uh, glucose level reacts on, um, different foods and drinks that I've been taking in also my sleep. That for me is something that I'm really excited about because I have learned quite a lot about how my body deals with different glucose, um, and different foods and what I'm should avoid in the future and what to eat in which combinations. Um, so that has been really interesting. And uh, I really, I love that because I just like, I'm a freak. I love tracking everything. So, um, but also one thing that I really love is uh, cold plunge. So I do cold plunge um, as regular as I can. Um, and it's just so good because it helps reduce the muscle inflammation, soreness, especially after exercising. Um, it improves my circulation. So I feel just like so much more energized and awake. Um, and it enhances obviously the cardiovascular health. Um, and then another thing that I got into just recently that I had like three sessions now that I think is extremely powerful is Reiki healing. Uh, it obviously helps with stress reduction and relaxation, but it's also an energy balancing method uh, to help the flow of energy in your body. And they kind of address different energy blockages and help you promote and, and help promote overall well-being again by, by finding them and releasing them. And that has helped me a lot also, especially on an emotional side, um, because it can really like release emotional blockages that you sometimes are not even aware of. But as soon as they're released, it feels extremely good and powerful. And like, oh, it's just like this like grounding feeling of like letting go of something. And so that is something that I've um, done quite a bit now that I really love. I also like Reiki. I can't remember how old I was when I was super young. My mom took my brother and I to get certified in Reiki. So when I was super young, we actually got certified in Reiki. And I feel like that's something that stuck with me for a long time. And it's it's super fascinating, just the, the whole Reiki experience. If there's someone listening who hasn't tried it, it's, it is fascinating, especially if you find the right practitioner who brings the right energy. And, and for me, the... I just saw a woman recently and it was very calming and yeah, the tools that they give you are just amazing. And I do like it a lot. Yeah. And I think, but I do think that you need to be um, at a little advanced stage in your life in order to do Reiki healing, because if you go there and you don't believe in these kind of things and you're really stuck, 
they won't be able to do anything. And I think it's so important to, if you enter that space, to be willing to let anything happen to you that will happen in that hour of healing or whatever. So just like to be able to let go and be vulnerable is really important to to do a Reiki healing. Absolutely. You make a great point. And I feel like that's with a lot of things in life as well, just to being open to when you meet a new friend, let's say, being open to hearing about their journey or being open to a new modality, a new cuisine, a new place to travel to. I think that's the beauty in life is we get exposed to all these different modalities or whatever it is, cuisines, neighborhoods to live in and and being open is amazing. It's just all sorts of things in life that you just get exposed to. Yeah, exactly. And you just learn so much about yourself every time you you're able to let go. So it's very true. And I know you said how important sleep is to you and with traveling back and forth, like you mentioned earlier, before we hit record, you're going from New York to Germany and (laughs) potentially anywhere else. How are you dealing with jet lag when you know sleep is very valuable? It's funny. I never really struggled with jet lag that much. Um, so when I go on flights, I most of the times I fast, so I don't eat on planes and I just try to sleep as much as possible because the more I sleep on a plane, the less I have to struggle with wherever I am with jet lag. So I really try to drink lots of water on the plane and like two, three liters as much as I can. Don't eat fast and try to sleep on the plane as much as possible. Um, I sometimes hear a podcast to fall asleep or I read to fall asleep. or just hear some calming music. Uh, I even do sometimes breath work to fall asleep. Um, and then as soon as I get land, I try to like pretty much fight through to the evening until it's like a valid time to go to bed. And then I try to sleep as long as possible. But then if I tend to wake up earlier than I would like to, I literally, I just wake up and I do some stretching and I do some yoga and some breath work to ease into the day. And then pretty much the next day is it's it's fine again. So I need one day. Um, most of the times, like this first morning where I wake up really early or really late, and then I just take it really slow and I do my breath work and uh, yoga and meditation. And then the next day is is good again. Awesome. One thing I find that really helps too is grounding yourself once you get off the plane to wherever you're landing is just to to put your feet in the grass or on the ground just to help bring you back into that state. And just a couple other questions for you. What other advice do you have for any fellow entrepreneurs, anyone starting a business? Do you have any advice for them? Um, I would say really like my key advice is that to to be bold. Um, and to not be afraid to be bold. Um, I think looking back at at my personal mistakes, um, or not mistakes, I would say my personal learnings is really that I was always afraid to pitch my ideas. And I never believed in what I wanted to do, because I thought I was, I uh, didn't have enough experience. Um, I didn't have the manpower to do it. I didn't have the money to do it. Um, and I also always felt like I had to tackle everything by myself and I need to get it like sorted before I can tell anyone about it. But I think that accepting that we are not supposed to do everything ourselves and how powerful it is to find people that actually complement your personal strength is really powerful. And that is what you have to look out for. Um, don't be afraid to pitch your ideas, find the right people to become your partners that complement your strength. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and I think really like trust in the process. Um, and also don't be afraid to be wrong because 
it's all a learning and everything that doesn't go well will help you in the next step on the next level. Um, so yeah, just trusting your own capabilities, um, and, and finding the right people to, to join you on your personal journey. That's so true. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about failure and they were saying failure is not a bad thing. It's the fear of failure. That's what's always going to hold you back because every time you fail, it's a learning experience for you to be better and do better. And you can't master anything without failing hundreds and hundreds of times, whether it's picking up a new instrument or a language. I know when I'm doing my Duolingo, learning a new language, I'm making mistakes all the time. But then through those mistakes and those failures, I'm learning and growing. And so I just thought, what a beautiful way that we should accept fear and, or sorry, accept failure. And it's really the fear of failure that's what's holding us back. And another piece of advice I did here is if you're going to start a business and have a partner in business, have them be the strength where your weaknesses are. Do you find it's like that with your co-founder as well? Definitely. hundred percent. Like I could never in the world do what he does. <laughs> like it's, but that's fine as well. And that's something I had to accept as well. Like I really struggled. Uh, I punished myself emotionally for not being um, as good in the things that he was. And I always tried like to figure things out. And I was like, why am I not able to do this? Like, why am I not capable to do this? But it's, I, I, I had to learn to accept that I'm good at different other things. And we really complement each other pretty well. Um, and so, yeah, so I totally agreed to what you said. Yeah, well, I think there's beauty in that. And like you said, asking for help, having that community. And yeah, let's say you're the better speaker in the duo. And so you're doing these engagements. Maybe he's better at the writing or the copywriting or the taxes or whatever it is, the paperwork kind of stuff. So I totally understand. We can't be everything all at once and playing to your strengths is super important. In terms of the future of integrative medicine, your company, the business, where do you see the future headed? That's a really interesting question because I think the future of integrated healing has a lot to do also with AI. Because I would say that, first of all, I think there is a huge mainstream acceptance happening right now in terms of integrated healing. So much more people are becoming much more accepting of looking at all these different approaches in uh, health and well-being and looking at the person as a whole. And so I think really the future uh, will be a lot of personalized medicine. So looking more at the individual and really tailoring the treatments and the inter um, interventions for each individual patient. I think that is really, um, really key. And obviously with all the technology uh, innovations out there, it will definitely play a huge role, like having more of these like wearable devices that I'm having and they will become much more accurate, much more accessible. Um, they will be able to give us like much more advanced research and feedback, like biofeedback and uh, looking at virtual reality already and artificial intelligence and all of these things. I think they will evolve much more um, and will make it much easier for each patient to actually find the right approach and what is needed for them. And like I mentioned, I think AI is definitely will definitely have a huge contribution 
to the future of integrated healing because of the potential of data analysis and personalized treatments, um, going into more precision medicine. Um, yeah. And having, for example, like, I think something that is really interesting that I feel will come sooner than later is having like a more accurate virtual health assistant. So, um, someone who really provides personalized guidance and education and support to the individual who is seeking integrated healing. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that. I see a lot of functional medicine testing companies as well. Once they get the results back, they partner with a supplement company to give you your perfect supplements based on your gut health results or your DNA results. And I find that extremely fascinating. It doesn't get more personalized medicine than something like that. So I definitely see tech, AI, personalized individual medicine and heading into a good future for this integrative medicine. Yeah. And now I think today it's still quite pricey and not a lot of people can afford that, but I think AI will also there play a big role in this whole research and innovation um, and we'll be able to accelerate the research and integrated healing and the personalized approach and uh, the data and diagnostics. So it will soon be much more accessible for everyone. Totally. And is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you really wanted to touch on? Any quote or a life lesson you learned recently, a podcast you're loving or a book you're reading at the moment? Um, well, I think I definitely I'm I'm very excited about my personal podcast that I launched beginning of the year, The Healing Hour, um, where I try to bring all the experts and healers um, in this space of integrated healing together and talk about their personal healing journeys, because I think it's really fascinating to see that all these really powerful products and practices that are out there, um, all the founders have gone through a personal healing journey that has brought them to where they are today and why they have built the expertise in that field that they have. And so just learning about their personal journeys and where they're at is something that has really fascinated me. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, obviously, about that and continuing to um, build the personal uh, podcast. Amazing. I did see that and I saw that you interviewed Deepak. Is there any big lessons that you've learned from interviewing these people? Anything that was eye-opening or insight that you'll take with you going forward? Um. Well, there's so much <laughs> like because all of these these uh, people that I've interviewed really have a different focus point. Um, but I think looking back at at Deepak, he always there are a lot of quotes that he always tells me. Um, and I think like the three things that have always stuck in my mind from from what he has been teaching me the past couple of years is number one, joy is the only measurement of success, uh, something that I really deeply embody now and that I really try to implement into my life. Um, the other one is when I asked him, what are you most grateful for in life? He said existence. And I think that's something that I sometimes have to recall because when I think when we feel nowadays, okay, what are we grateful for? We think about like, oh, that I have a house and that I'm that I have a bed and that I have a family and that I'm all of these things. But like the fact of us actually existing is so profound that when he mentioned that, it really made me think a lot more about like, wow, I'm actually grateful for just being. Um, and that is something that that for me was really powerful. And then I said there was a third thing, but now I can't recall it. <laughs> Oh yeah. The, the third thing he told me pretty much at the beginning of the healing company's journey is when I asked him, how do I find out my purpose in life? Because that was something that 
I read in all these spiritual books and I learned, um, and I hear always people talking about, and then I was like, okay, but what is actually my purpose in life? And I couldn't figure it out. And he told me that I don't have to have an answer because I just know that I am on the right journey of my life. If everything falls into place. And that is something that since the start of the healing company has happened. And it's the first time that I feel that I am doing the right thing right now in my life that is that was meant for me. And so, yeah, these were like the three most profound things that stayed into my mind from my interview with him and just communicating with him over the past couple of years. That's incredible. I, yeah, whenever I write my gratitude list, the things I'm grateful for every day, it is, it's like, oh, the sun is shining or <laughs> I got to walk outside today and stuff like that. But it's so true that I heard once that, Earth is one of the hardest places for your spirit to get into and that we should be so lucky and so grateful to be alive and here on Earth because it's one of the hardest places, whether whatever you believe. But when I was listening to this, I was like, ooh, I like that, that frame of mind that your spirit must have done something in a past life in order to be able to come back to earth and fulfill your, your life's purpose, your soul's purpose. And I just thought that's so beautiful that earth is one of the hardest places to get into. And here we are just living in it every day that we have on earth. Granted, right. Um, I think we're taking existence for granted and just like stepping back and being like, wow, I'm actually here and I'm present is like, it's an incredible feeling if you you're able to tap into it. And do you feel like you found your life's purpose with the healing company or do you feel like you're still on the path to discovery? No, I think it's definitely evolving. Um, like Deepak said, I think that you don't always have to have an answer and I, I, I don't have an answer to that. But I do feel that in this moment of my life, I'm doing the right thing. And it might change in a couple of years. Um, it might not. But right now, I am doing the right thing. And do you feel like it's okay to not have an answer? Do you feel like we should always be searching for that answer? It's so okay not to have an answer. And I think that as soon as you like are okay with not having an answer, you will feel if you're in the right space. And I think if the mind is always taking over with like trying to figure things out, you'll never be able to really feel. And so not having an answer, being okay with that, taking a step back from it, and then you will automatically be able to in, get it more, much more in tune with yourself and your feelings. And you will feel if you're, if you're doing the right thing or not. Yeah, that's true. Is I feel like there will be signs as well guiding you to whether you're doing the right thing or not. And in having your own business, do you, do you have that gut feeling or that intuition where there, if there was, let's say, a company that you just didn't feel right partnering with or acquiring, do you get that gut feeling? Totally. I'm like a lot of things I do are based on intuition. Um, I rarely have any facts on paper, to be honest. <laughs> and um, at the beginning of my partnership with my co-founder, like Simon, it was a lot of funny like conversations that we had because he was always like, Bella, can you explain why don't you want to do this? And I'm like, I cannot explain it. I just know it doesn't feel right. Like that's just my intuition. It just I can't even tell you why it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. And he was always so frustrated. He was like, oh my God, can you just like explain? And I'm like, I can't explain. <laughs> and so, yeah, I do a lot of things based on my intuition. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. 
Um, obviously, I don't have the answer to that either, but I, I do think that each one of us um, can get much more in tune with their intuition and could get much more answers from from their gut feeling than um, always having like facts on paper. Yeah. And with your breathwork and meditation practice, do you ever see yourself going to the 10 day silent retreats or anything like that? Oh yeah, I would love to. Um, I think really high up on my bucket list is going on to, to a silent retreat. Um, I think it's something that is really challenging for me. I hate being alone. Um, I love having time for myself, but I cannot deal with like being long periods by myself. So um, I sometimes get like, I wouldn't say I get lonely pretty quickly, but I always have like this feeling of having to do something and be active and communicate and be social and all of this. So I would love to go to a silent retreat and just like learn to be with myself for 10 days. Um, I think I would learn even more about myself and my needs. Um, so that's very high up on my bucket list for sure. Amazing. Well, if you do it one day, I look forward to hearing about your journey and and how that goes. And I'm sure I could ask you a million other questions, but I will let you get back to your day. And I just wanted to send you lots of gratitude and appreciation for coming on and sharing your wisdom and really starting this company that I feel like will benefit a lot of people. So thank you so much for just being you and, and sharing everything with us today. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, and I hope that your listeners were able to learn or to have some takeaways from this conversation. Of course. And for anyone who wants to connect with you, where can they find you? And are you on Instagram, website? Yeah. So I'm personally on Instagram as Bella, B-E-L-L-A-O-E-L. -E um, but then for the All Things Healing Company uh, at Instagram, we're the heal underscore co. Then we have obviously healingcompany.com website uh, where you will also find all the other channels. Um, and on YouTube uh, from the Healing Company is where we stream our The Healing Hour, my podcast. Uh, but we also take little snippets and post them on our social channels. So yeah. Perfect. Well, I look forward to seeing all the other interviews that come out of your podcast. And just again, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Alex. Yeah.